You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. going on everybody welcome into episode 32 to the show we go uh featuring chris Enrique and myself andrew parker um if you didn't catch the last episode we had justin hageman uh he was uh trade acquisition by the red sox this past year in worcester and uh so please go check that one out justin's a great talk new jersey guy through and through um and that leads me actually to our guest today uh we have a boston red sox actually not not worcester red sox he's a 40-man roster member uh, it's Joe Jakes, everyone's favorite lefty. Um, so Joe wanted to, before we dive into some baseball things in a little bit, just kind of want to talk, well, you're talking off air a little bit about you uh, getting engaged, but how has this off season been? What, what kind of things you've been up to? Yeah, it's been a good start so far. Uh, yeah, I got engaged about a month ago to a longtime girlfriend. Um, finishing my last MBA class, so I should be getting my master's in December. And then, uh, you know, just about a month into my workout and throwing program. So everything's going good. Is that, was that a long time coming for the, uh, the NBA as well? Like, were you like, after you turned pro, were you kind of like, I want to do this? Was that, um, kind of planned ahead of time? Well, so I had the five years in college. I did the fifth year and took some NBA classes during that year. So I kind of have just been chipping away on like all my off seasons and, and finishing it and. This is my last class, so excited to be able to get that under my belt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess my first question here, I just kind of want to start it off. Um, it, it was a big year for you. Like, I don't it, no way to put it any other uh, way. It was uh, you made your MLB debut. Um, you got added to the 40 man, obviously. You uh, you're still on the 40 man. So uh, now that you kind of had a chance to kind of like take a break, because I, I do remember something you told me, I think uh, one of the last days in Worcester, you were like, dude, I am tired. <laughs> you were uh, you had an exhausting year. But now that you've kind of had a chance to uh, take a step away and kind of be like, OK, this is how the year went. Like, how would you kind of describe your 2023 season? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I, you know, accomplished what I was was going for. It was obviously that first step was the debut. And I felt like coming over to the Red Sox and the Rule 5, you know, it's like I just felt like I obviously they saw something they liked, but it was also this is a whole new organization. No one knows me. So it's like I have to prove myself all over again. And I feel like when I'm in a spot like that, it, it, it makes me perform better. But so, yeah, I mean, I thought I did had a great year in AAA, uh, you know, had the ups and downs in the big leagues. But it was I think overall is just a successful year for me. And so um, I, I know I had talked to you about some things and, uh, you know, you, you've obviously uh, you talked to a, quite a bit of people and the story on you getting called up was absolutely fantastic. You know, just being at Yankee Stadium and all that. Um, so I'll steer away from that one just because I feel like you've answered that question a ton and it's it's out there. Um, but it was pretty cool, by the way, though, that I did ask you, like, hey, which series do you want whenever we were in the Woosox Clubhouse? And you said, I want Yankee Stadium. And it happened. I don't know like if if fate's like a thing or not, but I think that was fate. Um, but okay. Other than that though. So what was something I guess that you learned from your MLB stint this year? Like not, not sp like, I guess necessarily the, the numbers like, Oh, my ERA was this or that, but like, what kind of like, I guess, intangibles that were you kind of taken away from that? Be like, okay, like I'm going to apply this for next season. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say you just got to be ready to go every day in the bullpen, especially me. It's, you know, if if I if someone's going to get thrown into some situation, like how Hauk got hit in the face last year, it's like I'm the guy that's going in. So it's pretty much you got to be on call at all times. You got to be ready to go, keep your body healthy. Um, obviously, the long year caught up to me at the end, and I think that, contributed to some of the struggles I had towards the end. But uh, yeah, I think uh, like, you know, keeping my body in shape and arm in shape. So I'm able to, you know, maintain VLO, all that, and hopefully increase VLO as the year goes on. I feel like that's a, a, a big part of it. And Chris, I, I saw you on mute. I didn't know if you wanted to add something or. No, I was going to throw out, were there any sort of, you know, obviously, you know, again, the, the call up and, uh, stuff like that. But were there any other surprises for you though, this past season between being in Worcester and, and being with the, the Red Sox, it was kind of outside the norm for you, um, you know, throughout your professional career. Um, not, uh, not necessarily. I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see the differences between, you know, two organizations, my first time, in a, you know, another organization. Um, but I mean, I think these guys do a great job. It was very hands-on from, you know, the second I got there, it seems like, you know, they have all all the pieces in place to develop guys. And I felt like they were, you know, hands-on with me. And it seemed like they actually cared about me. You know what I mean? So it makes you want to get better. It makes you want to win for, you know, not only the players and, like, the staff. It's, like, the front office, all them. Like, at the end of the year, it's like we're all, you know, we're all one. So, but uh, it, was, it was just – it was – just really cool being in, you know, getting up to the show for the first time, meeting guys like, you know, Chris Sale, that's someone who I, I looked up to for a long time. And, you know, just like similar arm slot, slinging lefty. And uh, it's just good to know that he's like a really good dude. Like all those dudes in the clubhouse, Turner, all them, just a bunch of good dudes. So, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. And uh, I, I guess I want to piggyback on that. So when you did get up to um, up to the Red Sox bullpen, like did you? Uh, and it, you obviously you mentioned like Sale and some other guys, and you came from a bullpen that had I think seven lefties in Worcester um, that you were competing against to get up to. It was absolutely insane how many left-handers were down there. But um, when you got up there, did you kind of uh, bounce any ideas off of like a guy like Bernardino or any of the the guys in the pen? Yeah, for sure. I mean. I got pretty close to Bernie. Um, you know, we're pretty similar. He's like a lower slot lefty too. And, uh, you know, he's got the, you know, a similar mentality as I do. You know, you try to, you want to have that like bulldog mentality in the bullpen. I think that was a big reason for his success. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care who he's facing. Like he's going balls to the wall the whole time. So we, uh, you know, we got, we have a good relationship. You know, Chris Martin, he was, you know, he was unbelievable this year. It's, as locked down as it gets. He was a, a big time leader out there, you know, Kenley, Pavetta, all of them. It was just cool being around them. Something I also thought like coming into the big leagues is I, I always wanted to see like, what, are, what, are, what's this guy's stuff like that, you know, like keeping them here, like getting them these contracts, what makes them successful. And it's cool to see, you know, like someone like Pavetta, I hadn't seen him throw that much, but that dude's stuff is electric. And it's like, this is why this dude's, been around for however many years and you kind of see how these dudes operate marty you know just as consistent hitting all his spots like 
it's just, you know, it's, it's, it was an eye opening experience. And so I want to ask you something. I, I just pulled up one of the um, articles that I had wrote that after I talked with you in Worcester and I wrote it on April 2nd and uh, you were kind of talking to me about uh, one of your new pitches that you were kind of using. Um, it was a sinker. And I think in here you had said that, you know, it was, I think you had an outing like a day or two before and you're like, Hey, I was relying on the sinker in that outing, which is a new pitch. Uh, you usually rode like the four seam in and up, but the sinker seems like it's going to be pretty effective. Like, so now at the end of the season, I wanted to ask like, how, how was that integrating the new pitch into the mix and what kind of results did you see from it? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I would say the style my pitching kind of did a 180 almost from how I, I used to pitch. Cause I was all four seams. I was, I would kind of get the ride up in the zone, like Triber kind of gets with his four seam when he goes up. Um, but then I, you know, I, I, think the sinker in 2022 yeah, last season and uh so i came into spring training this year i was like you know i'm just gonna go all sinkers this year i think i kind of figured it out to be able to make the ball sink more i could just throw it in the zone have them hit ground balls and stuff like that so uh you know it was it was a work in progress this year but i i thought it's something i can throw in the zone that damage won't be done to it so i feel like that's something that's important in the big leagues because know what they value a lot is is throwing strikes and being in the zone so um, I feel confident just throwing that in the zone whenever and I will say um your was it your college roommate is, was Tom yeah um I was I, I'm not really too like familiar with this stuff but I remember I was I was watching a video um I guess not too long ago of him throwing a pitch and I'm like I'm looking at his mechanic uh, like his delivery and everything I'm like that's literally Joe Jake's like you guys look so similar whenever you guys are on the mound and everything like is that did you guys like do that on purpose <laughs> no he was uh he was more over the top in college and then I think it was last the 2022 season the Padres kind of dropped him down just a tad bit because he had a banger curveball from up top and then they kind of just turned it into a banger sweeper from the side. And it really is now. It's like his sweeper is one of the better ones in the big leagues, it seems like. so. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys did that on purpose or not because I was like, I knew you guys were roommates. Like, I know you guys are close. Obviously, you guys both uh, have Matt as your agent, yep. one of the best in the business, by the way. But um, I, uh, I saw that video of him pitching. I'm like, dude, this is nuts. Like, you guys literally – it almost looks like a mirror, like on the mound. So – um, all right. So I have something here, um, that I kind of want to hear your insight on. And I, I talked to you a little bit about it. I think when you got back down to Worcester, but you had a wild traveling tale earlier in the season of getting called up or flying. I, I don't know. I just want you to kind of like go through like what, what, now that you're like, you can decompress and you're like, wow, that kind of sucked or it was just a little wild, but like, can you kind of go through your cross country flights that you had to do? Yeah, so that was about whatever, like seven weeks into my first big league stint. I was up there the whole time, and then we were in San Fran, and it was my first time getting optioned, like whatever. It's part of the game for a rookie, I guess. But uh, so, like, I mean, I fly back. We had just flown to San Francisco. I think I was there for a game or two, get options, so I fly back. And literally, as I am at the baggage claim, I'm getting a call saying, oh, we might need you back. Like, you got to stay. Like, you might be hopping on a flight right, like, back to Seattle right now. 
So it's like, okay. And then turns into, okay, we'll get you a hotel uh, by Fenway, like you kind of like on standby. So then, yeah, flew from San Fran to uh, Boston, drive to Fenway, stay in the hotel, still kind of up in the air, go to bed because it was late at night. And then that next day, it kind of seemed like I wasn't going to be going back. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, drive to Worcester, like get my throwing in. We'll see what happens. And I literally hop in the car, drive 40 minutes to Worcester. As I park, it's like, you got to turn around. You're going back to Seattle. (laughs) And then, you know, it's like you find yourself in a game. I think I I pitched like that game or a game like right after. It was kind of just tough, uh, you know, to stay fresh in that uh that situation just because i hadn't been able to like get my throwing in really but you know it's kind of just part of it i'm not i'm not complaining about it or anything it's just those are the things you kind of got to deal with as a rookie so yeah i was gonna say that was the one day i think that i was rooting for you not to get in that game was that night because i knew that you had just made two cross-country flights within like three days of itself so it's like you know, and then you happen to go in the game that night and you're just, and you're just like, this guy needs a break right now. You know, he's he needs a day to settle in. But um, what did you even do on the on the flights, I guess? Like, were you uh, I, I don't know what, what do you do on the cross country flights? I mean, l- luckily, the silver lining in is you get first class and when you're on the 40 man. So it's it's not bad being, you know, the first row, like serve you dinner, all that stuff. So, you know, watch TV and all that. It's a good perk. It's a good perk. I'll I'll give it. I'll. uh <laughs> Never done first class yet, but it's it's going to be on the bucket list for at least the honeymoon. It's got to be. So, um, all right. So that was honestly crazy in its own. But you you kind of brought something up is like, you know, that was your first time getting optioned after uh, being added and uh, getting called up. And so what was it like, I guess, mentally for you just kind of being like, you know, I, I feel like you were up and down uh, quite a bit throughout the season. Um, so what was that like, I guess, just mentally, um, was it a little draining or like, I guess, how, how did you get through it just mentally? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was whatever. It didn't bother me too much just cause you know, I mean, it's kind of just what happens, but what it's like when you get, it's, it's, it's easier to pitch when you get on a roll somewhere, you know what I mean? It's like, you feel like you can just keep building that momentum, but I mean, Hey, getting the call to go back up to the big leagues is, you know, still just as exciting getting those opportunities so i mean i still have two more option years left so i'm sure that will probably happen again and so um i wanted to ask you about something because um obviously there's been some a little turnover in the uh you know in the system and everything but um now with the with the new cbo uh being a former left-handed uh journeyman in the mlb um, do you have any like thoughts behind it on um, like, I guess just the hire and um, I guess just being like a guy that was in a similar role to you just now he's leading the show. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome. Just, uh, it kind of, I feel, I don't know, maybe he'll feel so, a little bit more of like a connection to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Out too, but I think uh, he seems like a great hire. He seems like he knows what he's talking about and all that. And then, you know, he's a Northeast guy. Um, and I, f- I'm not sure if this actually happened yet. I'm just like, you see some stuff on Twitter, but did they hire Andrew Bailey? No, I think it's at the finish line. Yeah. But... It's, it's not official, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, when Ken Rosenthal is throwing that, you know, out there is it being close, Catillo, Alex Spear kind of jumping in and, and writing articles on it. It's, it's pretty much mm-hmm. almost a done deal. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's also another Northeast guy. He, I think he played at Wagner and that's, you know, I, I played them in college. So, and I heard, I work out with uh, Anthony DiSclefani, the Giants starter in that like every day in the off season. And that was, Bailey was their pitching coach and he spoke very highly of him. So I feel like him, you know, saying that and also him being a Northeast guys and Breslow coming in, I feel like it's, you know, it's exciting. You, had, uh, you talked about a little while ago, um, you know, how the Red Sox value guys who can, you know, throw strikes um, and, and you kind of command with, with that respect. And that's something that he's kind of talked about quite a bit, even over the last, I don't know, now it's a month that he's been with the team. And if you, you know, kind of peek at some of the guys that, you know, he had, a, you know, kind of his thumbprint on with, with the, um, with the Cubs, um, you know, like Justin Steele may not throw exactly, you know, super hard, but a guy that goes out there, throws strikes, hits the strike zone, commands the strike zone. Um, is that something to where, like, you know, now that he's kind of taken over, Red Sox can already in- internally started to reach out to you guys and say, like, hey, this obviously you want to throw strikes. That's a pitching philosophy, number one. But this is what, you know, we want you guys to really focus on, work on. Has there been anything sort of communication yet from the team? Uh, no, not much too, really. I feel like they're kind of just ironing, ironing out, you know, getting their stuff in order, I guess. But uh, I feel like guys are pretty early in their throwing programs and whatnot. So I feel like as we kind of get deeper into the offseason, those uh, those calls will probably come. Does it feel uh, good to you at all that um, with now being like the, you know, the big craze lately has been the rule five? Does it feel good that you're not going to be going through that process this year? Yeah, it was, it was interesting looking at it from a different lens, like, you know, where I was last year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was still an exciting time for me, and it's going to be an exciting time for, you know, some of the, these guys that got protected or whatever. And even if you didn't, some, like, you get picked in the Major League Rule 5. Like, you're guaranteed in the big leagues for whatever it is, a year or 90 days straight from opening day, something like that. And I mean, I wasn't, I was minor league rule five and I, I made it to the big league. So, I mean, it's an exciting time for a lot of guys. It is a little crazy to me to think that, that you were not even the major league portion of the rule five. You were the minor league portion of the rule five and ended up making your MLB debut like months after um, the season started. So it's like, um, it's kind of crazy if you think about it. It's uh, definitely a hell of a year. So um and well deserved on the promotion um and that when you got called up and i think i made this comment to you at one point but um your coaches in worcester chad tracy one of them paul abbott another guy um they were a little upset that you were gone because you had turned into such a reliable guy and i know chad tracy was you know obviously he was happy for you to go up i mean it's a no-brainer but he was deep down he was like you know it sucks because that's like our most reliable guy but um, what was your, uh, I guess, your your uh, takeaways from uh, playing under Chad Tracy and Paul Abbott this past year? Yeah, no, Trace is the man, you know, runs a, a great clubhouse. Uh, Abby was also the man, you know, I feel like he helped me a lot this year just with the mentality aspect. I think that was his best, you know, the best part of his coaching game. But I mean, yeah, I feel like I've been spoiled with my AAA team so far. Polar Park, you know, great park, great fans. 
and also Indianapolis is another beautiful park. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I, I really had a great time this year. I couldn't say, even if I tried to say one bad thing about this year, I really don't think I could just from everything that happened, just that my teammates, where I'm playing, just everything. It really was a special year. Yeah. It's kind of cool, you know, from our side of it, you know, we, you know, we try to stay neutral, you know what I mean? And not be, um, kind of, you know, lean one way or the other, but when you take a step back and you, and you look at the guys that were in the clubhouse and all of the journeys, whether it was positive or negative, you know, again, someone like you, you went in, you know, my impression, you know, super quiet, you did your thing. Um, you know, very receptive whenever we wanted to, you know, to kind of chat, but when it was your turn to get on the mound, it was all business. And, you went out and you did your job. And it was also just to Andrew's point, the way that the coaching staff and, and uh, would even just talk about you, you know what I mean? Uh, to, to the, I remember the conversation that Chad Tracy in the office of just, you know, selfishly again, wanting, you know, you to be successful, be with the Red Sox. But it was like, damn, like, what if we lose him? You know what I mean? Like in general, you know, it just kind of goes to show, you know, the impact that you guys have on a team and organization coaches, just outside of stepping on the mound. So um, it, it definitely is, you know, to, for you to go back and say, yeah, it was a special season. I, it, it certainly was. I mean, even your debut wasn't, you know, normal, you know what I mean? It was, it was kind of a, a unique experience. And I think those are, you know, special things that you can build off of going into next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All I, you know, you just try to be a good teammate off the field and, you know, hang out with the guys and, but when you're on the mound, like you said, it's all business, you know, I mean, as you've heard in those articles or stories, it's like I, I walked on, I always felt like I always have something to prove. So like when I'm on the mound, it's like, like I'm going to beat you. That's what I, that's how I feel. So. Um, were you relieved to be getting away from your, uh, your spot in the locker room that was in the crossfire of the ping pong table? Yeah, that was, uh, that was the, <laughs> downfall that was absolutely brutal i remember i had one bad outing i think i let up like a three-run bomb or something and i just remember getting pelted in the chest with all after just wanted to smack the table in half but i got i got to get my skills up so i can hop on the table a little bit more next off season or next season yeah we uh chris go ahead sorry i so something that i that i've haven't really got a chance to ask any of you guys but separate to like just the Woo Sox experience. Do you guys ever wonder why they played the Home Depot theme song every time someone came out of the bullpen? I don't know. Did you even notice that? That every time there was a call to the pen, it was the Home Depot theme song. I don't remember Home Depot being a sponsor for the Woo Sox. I never understood why they played it. No, I mean, honestly, I didn't notice it. I just know that they... It seemed like whenever relievers were coming in, we were getting ads played. So I guess it was the Home Depot song or whatever. Every time. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing that was kind of annoying, just not getting those songs played. But it, whatever it is, what it is. I noticed uh, it with Taylor Broadway at first. And I was like, yeah, is Broadway like big Home Depot guy? Like it just it was <laughs> it was, you know what I mean? Like even, you know, like the away team, they're like walk up songs are the most random and obscure, like top 40 former hits that these guys would get. And then the guys who would, you know, who would get, you know, to bat, at least they had walk-up music. I was just, I was wondering whether or not you guys even had the opportunity to say, Hey, when I get come out of the pen, I want this from my song. 
Yeah, I mean, we did like the first day you could whatever, write down your, you know, walkout song. And I feel like I'm pretty sure people mentioned it to whoever was up there at the time. But I don't know. I guess they <laughs> that time to run their ads. I do want to ask you on... next year, uh, Andrew. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and then I think Ben's the guy that uh, we probably need to talk to. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely get that squared away or we'll put some input in. But your song, though, I, I asked Matt about it because he kept saying he's like play levels, like levels. Like every single time you were like you got called up and he was just like always like play levels. Like, what is that about? <laughs> he uh, when I first signed with him, he like makes like a post, like an Instagram post. And it's like, oh, like favorite song, like fun fact, whatever the guy he signs. And like, I don't know, I didn't know my favorite song at the time. So I just said Levels by Avicii because I don't know, it's a good song. So now I'm, he's just like, he just loves it. I don't know. He just, he just turned into loving that song. And so now he just associates that song with me all the time. Was that your song at Fenway whenever you came out of the bullpen? Was that? No. Well, that would have been your song at, at uh, in Worcester? No, I don't, I honestly don't remember what I put in Worcester. But when I got up to Fenway, I didn't have one until like, probably towards the end and i i did simple man that's actually a classic i i love that but yeah i was always curious he was like play levels play levels like like put it on blast or something like whenever you were making your debut i'm like what is this about i have no freaking idea but um all right so i wanted to ask you a question you you got to pitch fenway quite a bit what was your favorite part about uh pitching at, at fenway park uh, i would say Probably you feel like you're on top of the hitter. I feel like just that's probably one of my, probably the my most favorite mound that I pitched on so far. Just you know, you feel your stuff just feels more electric on that mound. You feel like you're on top of them, and then just Fenway in, in general. It's I still get chills every time I'm out there for the national anthem. It's just like you're standing there looking at the monster, just like looking at like just thinking I'm in Fenway Park about to play a big league game. And it's just, it gives you that adrenaline rush right before the game that gets you going. So I was curious from a pitcher's perspective too, on the monster itself. Like, is that, is that something that's in the back of your mind when you have like a certain hitter at the plate and it's just like, he loves to go, uh, you know, he's, he probably likes to go that, you know, towards left field and hit something off the wall. Like, is that something that you in the back of your mind when you're pitching to guys? Not really. No, to be honest, I feel like, uh, Honestly, I, maybe I had one ball, like near the mon or off the monster for me. But other than that, I feel like righties usually go the other way, like or center field. Lefties do what they do, but usually don't drive it to left. But yeah, I mean, no, it's not something I really think about. All right, Chris, I got, I have a few random questions here um, that we'll, we'll dive into, and. Um, before I start, though, are you you're back in? Uh, are you back in like New Jersey? Is that where you go for the off season? You train and everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it was at one. I feel like every single time I talk to the guys, they're talking about being a Cressy or being like somewhere like. And you were just talking about uh, training with uh, Disclafani. I think I just said his name right. Um, this off season, so I feel like you already have like a few guys around you. But um, so like working out with a guy like him and training in the off season and maybe potentially other, uh, major leaguers, but does that kind of feel you a little bit as you go through the off season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, this, he's around a while. He signed a big deal, was a 
first rounder, I think. So you know, he's he's been through it, and I've known him for a couple of years. But this is the first off season we're working out at the same spot. So we're, we're you know, developing a good relationship. And he was actually uh, we were together at a wedding last or I think it was twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. And I had a good year in AAA with the Pirates, and I was like talking to him. I was like, dude, like why why am I not getting called up? Like. I thought I like did everything I like I felt felt like I deserved it all that and he was actually the one that was like dude big league teams they love guys that throw strikes like you just have to be in the zone so that was like pretty much my one of my main focuses this year is like I'm not gonna walk anyone like I'm just going to pound the zone and you know whatever the hitters do they're gonna do so I feel like that comment from him actually you know it really helped me get there so yeah, I think there was like a was there's like some weird stat about your you didn't walk a whole lot of guys. I forgot what the stat was, but there was something either in 2022 or something where you'd only walked like four guys or something. Um, I forgot what it was, but I think you had mentioned it early in the season that you're like, I don't walk people. That's like not what I want to do. And that's like what I'm sticking to. So, um, all yeah. right. So yeah. you're good. Okay. I was going to say, I was kind of just rambling there. So, um, but all right, my one off here and I've asked every single guy on this, on this, uh, that's joined us this off season, your episode 32. So I've asked all the other guys and I want to hear your input because you're a Jersey guy. Um, you're not a Southern guy. So it's, I feel like this answer, I feel like I know where this answer is going, but if you had to go to a fast food fried chicken place, where would you go? Fast food fried chicken. Uh, I would probably say Chick-fil-A. Okay. Even though I it, do, it's some, it is somewhat overrated, to be honest. But So, have you you ever been to a Canes? I, I, I went there, I think, maybe once coming up through the minor leagues. I don't remember much of it. Like, there's that. What else, like, what else is there? KFC? Zaxby's Zaxby. is the right answer. Zaxby's is solid. Yeah. Let's go have that big of a preference on it but yeah zaxby's a solid but i'd still say chick-fil-a's probably got the one spot see chris i feel like i need to get a new question for the guys the northeast guys because that's a big southern debate is like i feel like the georgia guys the texas guys that they're more like okay like zaxby's canes bojangles like all those things are everywhere but i feel like for even like up here it's like we don't have any of those just chick-fil-a and then like a random canes and KFC are the prominent. I mean, Canes is making its way up here. It, I mean, they just opened up. There's a spot near Fenway that just opened. Um, I say near Fenway. It's probably like it's B, five minute yeah. type of thing. Um, there's a Canes that's opening near me. The problem is like I don't really I don't do fast food. So, but when Canes opens, I'll try like grilled chicken because I can't do the fried stuff. But um, missing out, man. The correct answer, Andrew, is always looking forward to this question is Zaxby's. He says there's no wrong answer, but when he asks the question, I immediately look at the look at his face when he gets the answer and the sheer disappointment every time that Chick-fil-A's name comes first. <laughs> where is all right, man? Are you guys where are you guys at in the offseason? I just moved to New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in southeastern mass. I'm actually closer to Providence than I am to Boston. It takes me like an hour to get to Boston. It takes me 20 minutes to get to Providence. Gosh. It's pretty quick. 
Yeah, we moved up here to the uh, the land of nowhere because uh, the fiance got a job up here in New Hampshire, um, a nursing job and everything. So it's like, you know what? Like it is it's a little I don't know, it's a little more chill, a little more laid back. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of nice. Reminds me of Missouri a little bit. So I, I dig it. Um, I want to you went to college in Manhattan and there's I, I feel like people don't really truly understand, I guess that college life for you had to be so different compared to everybody else. Like I went to college in like, you know, in the middle of the United States and like the middle of nowhere. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, how was it in, in Manhattan? Like what was the college experience like? And I guess like the, just playing baseball there as well. Yeah. I mean, I love my time there, but uh, it's definitely different. It was, I would say it's like a borderline JUCO, our facility. Like, we didn't have a field. Or our, my, our freshman year, we played at Van Cortlandt Park. which was just like a, like a Bronx public field. Like, you go there to practice, and there's homeless people on it. Like, you know, crazy shit going on there. But <laughs> then we moved to uh, Hudson Valley Renegades, which is like a, you think, the Yankees minor league team now. And uh, so we'd be driving up there hour 15 because, you know, there's not much real estate for a baseball field in the city, even though we were in the Bronx. But, I mean, it was it, it builds character going to school there and playing ball there. I just can't imagine uh, the college town being um, just being Manhattan like that's it's crazy to me to think about that. It's like because I even saw like, you know, just think about like Boston, like BU or any of those like like Boston being your college town, it's just crazy. To me. I'm used to like the SEC towns and all that where they're just kind of like by themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the town is kind of just around the college. Like that's just how it is. But with you, it's like you're going to you're going to school in the big city, man. It's uh, I, I feel like it would just be a whole different college experience. Just going to like even like going out to like bars and like, I guess, kids at the school, like actually going out. It's, I feel yeah. like it's very, very different. I mean, it's not like a, it's not a college town. It's just like you're just in the bronx really it's like you whatever you go out to bars sometimes take the subway into the city even though like you can't afford it at that time because you know drinks are 25 dollars a pop um yeah it was there's no college town it's just like you go to the bars and if some sketchy local walks in it's like time to go so <laughs> well i went to uh i went to a bar in brooklyn i went to go it was i think like 2016 um wwe had SummerSlam out there and i don't remember the name of the bar but it was literally walking distance and they did it was for five bucks you got a beer and a shot and they had a they just had this whatever booze on a wall and you picked whatever booze it was that was on there and for five bucks get a beer and a shot and there was like no limit to it that was the most affordable thing in that entire city to get just i do uh gin and tonic mm -hmm. and those are like 18 bucks a rip and it's like they're gonna have two of those for the price of one back home. It was crazy, but I can. I also got lost out in Manhattan as well, which I'm not gonna tell that story on the podcast. But um, yeah, and I, I got I got lost. I scared two Asian girls asking if for the if I can use their phone because I didn't know where I was at. I mispronounced Houston Street. Apparently, it's Houston Street. It was it was. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, intimidating if you don't know where you're going or what you're doing there so yeah yeah it was, it was something else all right well i have two baseball related questions left uh, you've given us a ton of time so definitely appreciate that um I, 
going into this off season, it's uh, it's something that you've never, I guess it's a uh, new for you as in like, you're on the 40, you're just in a whole different spot. Like we talked about earlier. It's like, you know, you went through the rule five and everything last year. So you're in a whole different spot now. So I guess my question would be, how do, how does your mindset changed? I guess now that now that like you, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, like, okay, like I see it through a different lens now, but um, what kind of things are you focused on now that you're on the 40 and you're going into an off season, like with a spot on it? To be honest, for me, it's my mindset really hasn't changed at all. It's still, I feel like I still obviously have something to prove because I do, you know, it's like the 40 man spot isn't guaranteed. You don't know what can happen like i'm still you know busting my ass to show up to spring training try to win a job win a spot so i mean that's the type that's when i'm the best like i said earlier it's like when i have something to prove it's just like that's when you know i work harder and just have more of that laser focus and just the way my career has gone in the past it's like that's what has got me to this point so i'm just gonna keep doing it and i forgot to ask you um you, I think I asked Politi this during the season, but you're a you're a Jets guy, right? I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Well, I was. I feel like I may have known that, but why why the Titans? I lived there for five years growing up, so they're uh, yeah, that's my team. Not not a Jets or Giants guy, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Jets. I'd say. Okay. I was going to ask you, like, uh, was it a where were you moment when Rogers uh, ruptured his Achilles? Because I, I remember asking Politi that in the dugout because he's the big Jets guy. And he was kind of just like, you know, it's it's just how it is. It's just the way of life. But I uh, thought I'd ask. But Tennessee Titans, that's, you're, you're down with us right now. So, um, Chris, anything to empty in the bench here? You got anything? Yeah. Yeah. Um... What's it like being a Yankees fan, but wearing a Red Sox uniform, being there at Fenway Park, you know, either in the dugout or in, in the bullpen, watching the Sox play the Yankees? Because there was a few times when the Yanks came to town, um, you guys swept them. What's yeah. it like just from that dynamic? You know, just you're a fan of one team, you work and play for another team. What's that? What's that like? It's kind of just it's once you got once I got drafted, the whole fandom thing kind of went out the window realistically um but yeah i mean it's still wild just i mean i got my first big league win against the yankees and it was just wild to see like my face on the scoreboard with a win and i think domingo herman got the loss so it's that that's it's yeah it's wild i will say uh i think it it goes even in our shoes now now that we're yeah. like uh we've had the chance to kind of see behind the scenes a little bit you know, be around the team, be around you guys, like in the clubhouse. It's like it, it, it does put, put things in a different perspective. It's like, I'm not really, not really a fan anymore. And my, my fiance kept asking me that she was just like, you know, why don't you want to like watch any of the games and stuff? And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Like I, I want to see these guys do well, obviously, but um, it's weird. It's very weird how that happened. It's just like a switch flip for me that I'm like, not really a like fan anymore i'm a fan of baseball but yeah um it's weird man it's weird for for i it, i rather i more enjoy i mean granted yes you know do i want to see the red Sox win a world series of course you know you grow up in this area you know what i mean we've gotten to see four of them throughout my lifetime um but 
now it's just more about being around you guys now on a more regular basis, having the opportunity access and things along those lines. It's for me, I just, I'd rather just tell the story about, or know about you guys on, on a different level, you know, and, and to see the success that you guys have. Cause again, we get to see you guys every day, you know what I mean? And what, you know, you're just the everyday grind of being a minor league player, let alone what it's like to be in the big leagues, you know? Um, but yeah, to Andrew's point, that whole fandom thing—it's it, a whole new like it's just a switch went off. It's it's just not the same. That was another new thing for me this year. Is like in indie, I was there for whatever two years, and I never saw one media member. It was just until I came over to the Red Sox organization was the first time I actually ever saw media in the clubhouse. So that was also another kind of eye eye opener for me this year. Was walking in and seeing a bunch of media members i just didn't know what happened in triple a really uh we were scared to death that first day yeah that, for that first day you, all you guys are lined up alongside your lockers and I, i'm like i went into the middle of the of the locker and i'm just looking around i'm just like i don't know how to go about doing this yeah. um and then just you know finally did but um yeah there was definitely more of us this year than last year i think i went to one or two games uh last season and, and there was only i think only like two people so and Andrew and I, and then Tommy from the Worcester Telegram Gazette, and then uh, Tiff. Maybe it's oh, Katie. So yeah, yeah that was, I mean there was, was there's quite group. a few. Yeah, that was a good group. So did that get you prepped at all for for Fenway? Obviously, uh, I, I think Chris even said he saw you at Fenway at one point. But um, did that get you prepped a little bit? Just seeing like you know there was there was some media for for your first experience, and then obviously once you go to Fenway, you can't hide. So yeah, I mean I think yeah for sure it helped just because. Uh, I mean, especially when you first get called up, you kind of, they interview you on camera and all that type of stuff. So I definitely, yeah, I think it helped for sure. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm hoping that we weren't too, uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to try to ride that line of like, not, not always like being up in the business and everything, but hopefully it was a good line, but Joe, thank you. Uh, you gave us 40 minutes of your time here. We, uh, we appreciate you hopping on and, uh, we're definitely going to be seeing you in Fort Myers in February. And then, um, yeah. Winter I mean, weekend, who, too. Oh, winter weekend as well. That is, it's oh, that today. is true. Um, out in Spring Vegas, Massachusetts. Um, you're going to, have you ever been to Springfield before? I have not. Yeah, you're. Uh, Interesting little town. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's just a casino, man. That's all it is. But uh, winter weekend did just get announced. Uh, I saw that for January. So maybe we'll be seeing you there. But Joe, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course, guys. Appreciate it.